At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Um, so so like so like you're not feeling well tim <laughs> who gave you covid i caught a real bad case of the consequences of my own actions <laughs> you, caught, you caught what everyone's gonna get and it's okay it's not it's no longer I, leprosy. Fine. i don't care like actually what's funny is i was talking about this with somebody else because i you know I, I as alex loves to point out i got covid because he thinks i talk about it too much uh I got back here and when I left probably 10 or 20% of my friend group in LA had had COVID. And in the course of me being gone for three weeks, it's now a hundred percent. It's now everybody <laughs> I know has, has it or just got it in the last three weeks. You are like one of two people that I know in kind of my immediate group that had somehow managed to avoid it this entire two years. And yeah. both of you in the last week have now got it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I did a good job. I made it over two years. Yeah, um, it'd be like Hall of Fame Frogger, you know. It's <laughs> one way of looking at it. Uh, all right, guys. Hello and welcome to uh, another episode of Off Track with. Well, no, you still know one person that hasn't had it. Allegedly, is Connor. That's because it can't get to in. It can't get through any of the other stuff in Connor. Right. <laughs> there's there's yes. so many different bacteria lot of and viruses that have laid claim fighting it yeah. off. <laughs> Connor Connor started talking a lot of. Sh- on his podcast, which may be fine because I guess we've said some things about him, but um, I find it interesting. You mean when he talked what did about he say? passing you in the Indy 500? Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, would you like to respond? Sure. Oh, I mean, actually, yeah, sure. I didn't respond in the group text because I was the better man, but today I'm not feeling like a better man. Feeling like a <laughs> petty, petty little child. Okay, so let's let's. This is my favorite, Alex. <laughs> let's set the stage a little bit here for those that don't remember. Last, what how, what lap did you get by him on? I don't remember. Like one seventy nine or something. Okay, like, so for most of the last day, you ran ahead of Connor in the five hundred. You guys finished fifth and sixth. And on his podcast, Street C- St- Speed Street, Street, thank you, with uh, fans G- of Speed Street, G- G- we are yeah. with we did a live show with them in May, uh, with Joey Molinaro and Connor Daly. Connor apparently this week claimed that if he had had one more lap, he would have passed Alex back for fifth place, and Alex would now like to respond. <laughs> Well, <laughs> sorry, so, I'm too excited. I can't. 
<laughs> so where where this first response comes from is is we all had dinner, um, and some of our Connor and I's mutual friends were kind of poking fun at him. Be like, oh, why'd you why'd you let Alex pass? Bo ha ha ha. And he didn't he didn't like that very much because obviously he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. Like we're all trying our best yes, out there to beat everyone. Like let anyone pass. Correct. Yeah, no one let oh hey buddy, go on through. Like, come on. You've um, earned it. You've earned it. Right. <laughs> and so <laughs> Connor's response was, Oh, well, my spotter told me he was a lap down. And it's like, okay. No. So my response was, oh, so did your did your spotter finally tell you that I was on the lead lap? So that was response number one. Because um, his claim just, that he would have passed he, he just needed one more lap. Why are you trying to pass a lap car if that's yeah, why yeah. he went by in the first Also, place. what happened also, to the other also, 20 laps? You also don't let lap cars pass you. Like, that's not a thing. Right. So even um, if you were a lap down, you'd probably fight harder almost to keep him by I feel like. We can also we can also check this, right? I mean, everybody's on boards. We can go through and see what his spotter said. I, that sounds like an I mean, awful that's a lot of research. I'm not yeah. going to do it. Yeah. I just want okay. I would just yeah. want to say theoretically you could. Maybe. Um, my, <laughs> I'm not going to use the other one. My other response was, "Oh, were you going to like go flat for the 502nd mile?" Because. <laughs> <laughs> cool <laughs> i mean you you did i mean in his defense on that you said about detroit if you had one more lap it would have been interesting yeah i never claimed that i would beat him i just said it would have been interesting fair enough fair enough it was also a situation where it went from a 17 and a half second gap to a one second gap where i feel like that sort of closure and not, was not, not a consistent like eight right. tenth gap for 20 right. laps but yes anyways it's neither here nor there um, I would love it actually, since we're two rival IndyCar podcasts that are friends, um, we should, we should, we should have, um, kind of rebuttals on each other's shows weekly and see how many people <laughs> flop between the shows to see what happens next. I think that's kind of, I don't even think we're frenemies. I think we're just friends. Yeah. Just, we're just friends I that are so. really <laughs> to each other. Well, that's what, that's what good <laughs> friends are. That's what yeah. Think about. yeah. <laughs> that's Your true. best that's friends true. are like that. I mean, so anyways, Detroit. Um, man, I'm gonna miss Belle Isle, man. Oh man, I know, I know. Like, I get Are we opening I get with why this. The, yeah, All why right, not? Let's do it. I, let's I do get why. Okay, we're why? leaving. Well, because with a couple of reasons. Number one, I I think a lot of the community that is in charge of Belle Isle from a conservatory conservationist conserva standpoint, yes. And the love of nature and squirrels and birds, which I also do love. Mm -hmm. I get it. I get their argument. However, Penske, Corp, and, and Roger and Bud Dankers, their response was, well, we're pouring tens of millions of dollars into this facility to make it the sanctuary that it is. So any damage that we're potentially doing over a three-day event once a year. Probably offset by that. Correct. The second big thing... Um, aside from kind of just that bit of pushback that I'm sure they have to deal with each year was parking and getting to the event as it is on an Island was very, very, very challenging. Yes. Ingress and egress for fans has always been a challenge there. And, uh, you Over just have bridge. to, we'll have to watch the bus lines of, you know, the, the lineup of coaches that are bringing people back across the Island to the parking lots that are on the mainland for sure. I definitely understand the logistic issues there. And let's be honest, man, anytime you bring a race closer to the people, it's usually a good thing. 
The negative, though, is the track layout at Belle Isle is so fantastically unique for a temporary circuit that I think drivers are just going to miss that, that, you know, that character that Belle Isle really brought, I think, to the series. I don't even know if, if character's the right word. I think what's so cool about it is it's concrete. And it it's almost immune to all of the the negatives that come along with uh, condition changes. You know, it's just infinitely more grip the more time the more laps that go down on it. You know, it doesn't have oils right. in it. It doesn't. There's there's not that micro macro micro roughness that you're dealing with like you do on asphalt. You know, from a cold day to a hot day, like the track's the same. It's just, you know, you might have a bit more grip or power because it's cooler, right? You, you never get to the point where the track kind of goes to And I think that's the best part of it. And I kind of realized that over the weekend. It's like, it doesn't really matter that, you know, Friday is hot and Saturday morning or Saturday qualifying is going to be cold. Track's still going to be pretty much the same and just get exponentially quicker. Uh, and there's a lot of high speed corners. Yeah, I was going to say that, like, you can't deny that from a layout standpoint, like a corner geometry standpoint, like turn one and two does have to be the two yeah. fastest corners on any street circuit that we've ever sure. been to. Like, it's crazy since they had to like neuter the final sector of Toronto. It's been, uh, you know, that the elevation, the jump in turn two, yeah. like the elevation. It's also weird it races so well. Why do you think that is? Because of the tires. I think the only reason it That's races well is because the massive dig that we saw on the tires, which we will get into. But right. yeah, all in all, you know, it was a, a cool scenic track from a racing standpoint. It was always good from a just to drive it. The pure, you know, when, once you got into that rhythm, once the rubber went down and the track kept getting better throughout the weekend, it just got more and more fun to drive. And when you look at and look, I think we have to reserve judgment until we get race cars on the new layout. But like on paper, when you look at the new layout. Not the most inspiring design. That's one really long straight. It's just a bunch of 90 degree corners. It's a very yeah. point and squirt kind of typical old school street circuit in that sense. And it's, it's really in a lot of ways, the polar opposite of Belle Isle. Belle Isle had these fast, you know, less than 90, more than 90, you know, all these sort of different kinds of corners, which, you know, a lot more of a road coursey sort of shape, but yeah, the new Detroit I mean, is it might be okay right we got we got to wait like because yeah. i think if you look at nashville on paper you'd think oh that's probably gonna be pretty good and then you get there and you're like oh it had it had good, good parts and bad parts yeah <laughs> what do you uh sure. what do you guys think about the split pit i so i i only realized this this morning when james and i were at the gym and he showed it to me i think i mean hats off to indycar that's a hell of a creative idea to solve a problem yeah and i think it's i mean it'll definitely be the first time that it's happened in racing and i think it's awesome i think it's going to be really cool yeah i i concur i think having to having to solve that problem to begin with was a huge challenge but the way they they dreamed up a solution i think is great and i'm excited to see kind of how it how it works out on uh on the weekend but yeah i mean like like alex said kudos to indycar and and the the people at detroit for for sorting that one out and let's let's i mean ultimately yes it's sad to lose Belle isle but we're not losing an event if Correct. anything we're getting a, a what in theory should be a bigger event 
right? Yeah. So all in all, it's a good thing for the trajectory of the series. So it's it's not all it's not all sad. It's just from the purest perspective yeah. of driving the track. You're it's an emo- it's an emotional thing. It's not right. really like a, a logical yeah. thing. Yeah. Correct. Correct. It's uh, it's heart not head. So yes, we look forward to uh, to new Detroit. We've put a bow now on our time on Belle Isle, at least for now. And Will Power won the put race. A, put a bow on it with his bow tie. He sure That's... did with his Chevrolet bow tie. Hundredth win in the modern era for Chevrolet uh, since the new engine formula came out in 2012. Wow. And it, an exciting race, man. It really was. So, Alex, you were very much front and center for it. Why don't you walk us through your day? Um, yeah, I mean, our... our... So qualifying. Let's start yes. in qualifying. Well, that's where I was going to begin. So okay. our day became what it was because qualifying, um, you know, I, I think we've shown in the past, you know, the Andretti cars and us specifically are usually very, very strong at Detroit. We rolled off Friday, strong, happy, led practice to Saturday morning. Um didn't really have to chase anything. You know, we just kind of continued the progression through the weekend and, you know, round one of qualifying was, was a non-issue and round two of qualifying. Um, I, along with a lot of others, I was not the only one caught out by this, um, was burned by Grosjean's crash, um, which, which brought out, brought out a red flag. And there was, I think like five cars that were going to, were projecting to transfer. Yeah. Can I can I jump in on that that yes. point? Because th- this this was really fascinating to watch uh, because three drivers had already come into the pits, right? Essentially, their their runs were done. One of them was Joseph Newgarden, yes. who was sitting in pit lane. Okay, nothing he can do at this point. Checkered flag is out. There were six cars on track that were projecting to transfer and they were seven through 12 on the, on the current list. So basically he was sitting six and every car behind him in the order was projecting to bump in to the, to the next, uh, next qualifying segment. And he just was sort of sitting there helpless. And then Grosjean was one of the first to the end of the lap has his accident. Everyone's laps go. So I don't want to say it wasn't lucky that he got in. You know, he, he got he, he did what he had to do. He went early enough that he avoided the red flag. That's not luck. That's a decision. But uh, yeah, that could have gone really differently. For a Joseph, very likely would not have been in Q three had it not been for that. Well, what's amazing is like not only there. Yes, you're right. He did the lap. He did it on time. Still got a little lucky. Yeah. But then but then the fact that you know he was he was staring at a screen like on his tablet probably for like 25 30 seconds thinking I'm going to be 10th 11th. Yeah. And then fast forward 10 minutes and he's on pole. And yeah. it's just that is that is what's awesome and so effing infuriating <laughs> about IndyCar. Right. Because like there are so many people every single outing right that are just that can actually go do the lap right and i think we saw that even more in detroit you know the coin cars did an amazing job both shank cars were representing i mean that's that's legitimately there was 12 cars of the fast 12 all 12 of those cars if things fell their way they could have been on pole right and it just so happened that yes joseph got a little lucky he did a great job in the fast six that was a mega lap yada 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 but it's just that's the nature of the sport so anyways i was very angry um saturday evening because i I gotta be straight with y'all like this was the second qualifying in 
well, keep in mind that two of the qualifiers we've had were ovals. So two qualifiers in four races where a Grosjean red flag severely hurt our, our ability to start higher. Um, be that as it may, we were happy that we had a fast car. We knew we had a fast car. So the easiest way in our minds that we thought to execute that was to get in clean air. I still had it very fresh. I still have it very fresh in my mind. Um, 2018 race two at Detroit when I started on pole and, and my teammate, uh, Ryan Hunter Ray started 11th. Um, and he opted for the three stop. I opted for the two stop and he hunted me down in the final kind of seven, eight laps went on to win the race. So, and a little and bit of it, even, even more recently, the exact same thing happened last year in race two where Pato award committed to the three stop. Yes. Joseph Newgarden was on the two stop and Pato passed Joseph with three laps to go or something. <sighs> Different circumstances. Yes. But yeah, ultimately, yes. Same, same concept. Um, so for me, that was, that was the clear decision. And also I was just so fired up and upset still about Saturday that I just wanted to go out there and hammer it and work hard and just hammer laps. Right. Because the, the big option, the big decision to be made in Detroit was the two stop or the three stop. So the two stop very easy to make on fuel, which is usually the struggle when deciding between the two and three stoppers. Can you hit the number might need to use a bit and might need to rely on a bit of yellow, whatever, whatever for one of the very rare instances, what really was dictating the two or three stopper was tire life. The alternates, the reds, they were very difficult to make last a full fuel stint to make that two-stopper work. And so there was a great mix of drivers kind of committing to the two and the three right from the, the get-go. Alex was one of the first to say, now nah, I want to run 10 tenths all day, start on the reds, pit on lap, what, five, four? Four, yeah. And all right, my red tire allocation requirements done throw on some primaries and let's just go for broke and dude, that first stint you were on fire. It was so much fun to watch. Yeah, no, I was very angry. I was still very, <laughs> very, very upset. Um, so anyways, it, the team, you know, two weeks in a row, two weeks on the trot executed in a big way, uh, all day. So I hats off to them and I think we're on a, in a good place for whatever reason right now. Um, so that's awesome. You know, I, I, you love having back to back to back weekends like this when, when things are going well. So, um, we'll take that and, and go to road America. And, and I was talking to my engineer about it. It would be very cool. And I, and I hope I'm going to do my best to make this happen, but I think it would be very, very cool if we could hopefully win this weekend. Right. And bring this whole storm over the past three years, kind of full circle and just like bookend it. Right. Starting and ending at road America would be pretty neat. So that's, a little bit of extra motivation for me this weekend. And yes, other than that, the race, um, I've gotten asked quite a few times about the last stint. You know, we were, we had a 22nd kind of gap to close down to will, um, who was on the reds. I was on the blacks. We knew that, you know, for the beginning, he was going to be the same, if not a little bit better, but then eventually it would come back to us. And, you know, the topic of a lap traffic has come up. Um, and about whether or not that affected us and guys, I'm going to be honest, like it, it didn't like, so for the first time I'm, I'm going to say like legitimately the lap cars for the most part, I would say about five out of the six that I came across were very respectful, didn't interfere, got out of the way and it was not a big deal. Um, so that was refreshing because we've talked about that and touched on that in the past. Like, what are you doing fighting for nothing? 
right? Right. And, and using overtake to to try and I, who knows why. Right. Um, so it wasn't that. I think Will did an amazing job. Like I I know I couldn't have done twenty laps on the Reds. I no one really at that did pace. Yeah, at that pace. So so what he accomplished is awesome and and ultimately he deserved it because he was able to pull off something that no one else did so that's frustrating to say but it's it's reality (laughs) yeah i mean you know we were talking about that i mean will does have a history of being able to make tires last longer than others i mean i think back i'm forget what year it was there was one year at the indy gp where again maybe it was the blacks were the bad tire forget which one it was but one of them was exceptionally bad and he was just able to absolutely cruise away from everyone in that bad stint and at the after kind of after warm up you know we were talking in the nbc truck and the pre-production meeting about all right like who who do we think's doing what and i was like well two guys i can almost promise you are going to try the two stopper are will and dixon mm-hmm. and uh because you know dixon also is phenomenal at that and, and just controlling the pace but the big difference between them was Dixon used his alternates in the middle stint where will waited to the end built up a huge, I mean, he started 16th. He drove through an incredible number of cars, including Scott actually at one point early yeah. on. Mm-hmm. And to your point, Alex, as the rubber goes down, that track just gets better and better and better. More rubber means it's going to take care of those red tires a little bit better. So that was kind of Penske's strategic move. Had there, had there been a caution late in the race, that's not the right move. And that's kind of what burned Joseph last year. Uh, but cause you, cause you kind of have the worst tire when everybody's all packed up after a weekend of a lot of cautions and a lot of red flags and practice and qualifying, we ran, I think the first ever totally green race at Detroit, which is crazy. Ah, it doesn't surprise me though. Like every time, like it takes me back to, I think it was mid Ohio 2020. Yes. Oh, right. Even, or 19 before that. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like we couldn't do three minutes without a yellow or a red, right? All for two days, right? And then the race goes green. Yeah, you're like this race like, is going to be a disaster, and then everyone just gets their stuff together and full. It's, it's almost the events. It's like it's like we talked about leading into Indy, right? People are getting away with. Shit. Yeah, they're not in the race. Like it's it's almost yeah. like you're, yeah, you're going to have one or the other. Yeah, we we made up for the uh, the calm month with a kind of hectic race from a single car incident standpoint, but yeah. Um, but anyway, so good job to to Will and Penske. Good job to my guys again. Like I said, good effort. Um, and yeah. Caesar's Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesar's rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths and where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.mx slash you know. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. 
The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Tim does look a little, like, ghostly. You look a little I was, just, I was just looking at myself. I was like, should my lips have colors? <laughs> no. They should. They should. You look very, uh, very twilighty right now. Yeah, I'm not loving it. Girls love that though. They love the super pale. I guess. I haven't. Like, well, werewolf. Anyways, go on. Yeah. Yes, James. Uh, what are some other notable other notable drives from uh, from that day from Detroit? Who else was? Good? I mean, let's. I mean, David Malukas. Let's give him a shout out for making the Firestone Fast Six. Uh, that's a pretty awesome result oh you know i wanted to give a shout out to is actually christian lundgaard so i'm not saying this to anybody i'm not saying this you know i know a lot of people at this organization i love them all great group of people but man the ray hall letterman landigan racing group is they're they're riding the struggle bus hard they they are just unfortunately consistently week in and week out just struggling for pace you know, I talked to one of the engineers before qualifying and they said, we're struggling. So we've gone three completely different directions in qualifying. They qualified 19th, 20th, and 23rd. So it, none of the directions worked. Um, and normally so far this year when they've had this problem, Graham does Graham things and just sort of hustles the shit out of the car on race day and, and pulls off a solid top 10, something like that. Unfortunately, Graham tagged the wall, I think on the second lap of the race and put himself out. But Christian Lundgaard, again, you know, he's already leading the rookie of the year standings, just sort of stayed out of trouble. You know, he, we know the car didn't necessarily have the pace, uh, but just kind of did his thing, stayed out of trouble. And again, uh, on a day where there wasn't a lot of attrition, there wasn't a lot of cautions, and came home 14th. So that was a, a, a pretty decent jump up for him and, uh, and credit to him. Kyle Kirkwood, I feel bad for him. He, he injured his hand in practice in a practice crash after a brake failure. Did the whole IMSA race with, you know, a, a damaged hand, won the IMSA race with his teammate, uh, Ben Barnacote, and was actually doing a great job for how physical that track is and how tough these cars are to drive around there, but then just made a mistake on an outlap and, and cranked the wall. And unfortunately, that was his day done. But uh, honorable mention to, uh, to Cal Kirkwood for sure. And that is Detroit in a nutshell, I think. I had an interesting um, fan interaction. At oh, yeah. You both did, right? I don't know. Oh, you mean the <laughs> the diagram? Vocal cord thing? Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, interesting. So, okay, last episode, we... Maybe it was last episode? I don't know. Uh, yeah, somehow it was we, post-500. Yeah, it was somehow post we got on the topic of, like, you know, being a singer or something is right. must be very hard, and can you train your throat muscles to, you know, yeah, be able to like, tolerate that abuse and endurance, right? Can you train throat endurance for singing or whatever. And some listener, I don't know your name, but made a diagram. But we're big fans of you. For, no, amazing. She came up to me in the autograph session and it was a handmade um, front and back eight and a half by 11 piece of paper with visuals and explanations about how 
your throat and your voice box and your vocal cords and everything, how that all works. And it is in fact a muscle and amazing. So thank you. However, I handed it to one of uh, the PR representatives at Andretti afterwards. And she didn't quite look at the title, but some of the imagery was, I mean, it's the human body, right? Yeah. It's like anatomy looking. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) She didn't really look at it. And she was like, what is this? I'm uncomfortable. Am I going to have to report this to HR? And I was like, shut up. Are you serious? <laughs> she was like, what are you giving me? And I was like, okay, here is a, it's a throat. It's about your voice. It's not inappropriate. But it kind of scared me for a second. <laughs> <laughs> that you're going to get written up this to is HR. How, this is how it goes. This yeah. is how Alex's career goes. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, is how it ends. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh-oh. Well, yes, thank you for... Uh, no, not for, with a whimper, but with a diagram. <laughs> the, edu- the education on voice stuff. Um, sorry, one last thing. Uh, Felix Rosenquist had to start last after blocking and qualifying and already crashing in the first practice. Had a pretty bad weekend. 26th to 10th. Great drive. Great heads-up drive from him. Um, participation trophies on this podcast now is no that- i'm where just did, giving honorable marcus, mentions where did marcus finish i think marcus ended eighth i think he's kind of ended where he started he was seventh so started so, started as a 500 winner so. that's that's pretty good yeah that's i was gonna say it's not bad. yeah it's not bad yeah. dude you have to go all the way back to 2000 montoya for the last 500 winner who won the following race all right well, so Detroit in the book. To be honest, it's probably because he didn't do any of the media stuff. He just sat, <laughs> sat in the corner and played Candy Crush. And so yeah, because actually the, pretty arrested. The only other one that's been good in the last decade was Takuma in 2020 because there probably Which was no media. Count. Yeah, right. So I put an asterisk beside that one, and before that, it was Dario in 2012. I, I think he finished on the podium. Yeah, let's find out. I do. I do have this written down somewhere. Oh, I, I was like, okay. You weren't on the podium. I know that. Well, no. Okay. I mean, I wasn't on the podium in anything in 2016. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't mean it was a bad race. Too soon. Okay. Okay. So 2016, you were 10th. On both days? It only has one. Yeah, but I qualified 17th. I, mean, I wonder bad. if that was like your best. Yeah, but why'd you qualify so crap? Because you were tired and you were worn no, out. No. I mean, Ryan hunter Ray was 15th. Marco Andretti was 19th. So, so you're saying the car wasn't great. So like speaking, of, wasn't awesome. speaking of Hunter Ray, Ryan, Ryan came on um, on the broadcast with us on f- Saturday, Friday, Saturday? I think Saturday morning for second practice. Um, he was there in his uh, in his advisory role with Ganassi and and uh, he was he was sitting around. I was like, hey man, why don't you like, you know, let's we NBC got him on the broadcast. So we're on the broadcast and we were talking about this kind of may hangover and the challenges of the re- returning 500 winner in Detroit. And as soon as, as soon as we started talking about it, he just got this like really angry look on his face. He's like, I know where you're going and I don't like it. And he, or he had, no, he had actually, <laughs> he had a way better clapback. Cause I was like, yeah, Ryan, you know, the challenge of this, I mean, you won the 514, you came back and you know, had a, by all accounts, a miserable weekend here in Detroit. He was like, yeah, Didn't you know what? Hit the a ring- wall every session. Every single session, he hit either a tire barrier or a wall, and that's practice qualifying <laughs> both races. Like it was horrendous weekend for him, and, but but his his clapback was immediately like, yeah, you know, but the ring shines pretty bright, so uh, 
yeah, no, <laughs> I wasn't a criticism. It was just, I remember that weekend and he was so down, man. He was so distraught with how his weekend was going. And I was like, Ryan, relax, man. No one, obviously, except me, is going to remember this weekend five minutes from now. But I, I like now. talking about yeah. it now. <laughs> Eight years later, still chatting about Ryan Hunter's <laughs> terrible Detroit in 2014. <laughs> let's uh let's let's have our hr on i haven't i haven't talked to him in a while that would be fun definitely do that we can definitely do that. all right let's text him let's get him next week so be fun. i had an interesting uh, fan interaction we didn't quite get to this um in detroit so i was it was early saturday no it was early sunday morning i was in like pajamas taking my dogs out to go to the bathroom and a fan was in the bus lot, which I don't love, but I get it, I guess. I mean, that's supposed to be kind of our safe zone. Yeah, right? No, it, it, it's way too open at that, that track. And, and most yeah. tracks, to be fair. But that one yeah. is, is exceptionally bad. So he kind of comes up to me and, and asks for a picture. I was like, yeah, sure. About with that level of enthusiasm, I'll be honest. And then I, he wanted me to sign something. Fine. And so he was like, okay, good luck today. I was like, thanks. And, and he said, love the podcast. I was like, oh, right on. Thank you. And I'm kind of walking about to get in my bus. And he is now 20 steps away, 30 steps away, like cons- probably two buses away. And yells back, except for the ad- Ask Alex part, or except for your advice on Ask Alex. And I yell back, then stop listening. <laughs> and open the door, walk in with my dogs, and close it. Like, were you trying to be funny 30 seconds later? Num- question number one. Number two, why? Like, why? It was, why it was one of, a compliment it was, and then just insult people. It's one of those walking away. It's like, oh, I had a good joke. I should have said that and just try to, like, make it work still. I don't know. But I think that's a great segment into this. Segway, yeah. Ask let's Alex. Do a really long Ask Alex. <laughs> Well, we do have one, I believe. You said, Tim, you found one. So I'm, I do I'm anxious to hear what we've got because we haven't. I, don't, I feel like we didn't do it last week or maybe even the week before. But all right. I'm, you know what? This one's not going to be anonymous because he references something that was on Twitter. So it's fine. So okay. uh, there was a little bit of a back and forth with uh, with you, James, and this guy about weddings on Twitter. Justin Holmes, where uh, he said he was getting married, I think, around Portland. And and, and j- you joked about, oh, you know, you need to get New Garden. He's the most fun at a thing and, and i said oh, oh well i'm coming for sure so he emailed us a uh, huge problem you don't want tim tim took it upon himself to invite himself to my wedding because he saw there was an open bar he realistically also did that mine, but yeah that's true realistically we all know tim or any members of the indy car paddock won't be coming i want to take it aside here i'm absolutely yeah. F-ing coming yeah if you give him <laughs> the time and place yeah. there's a very good chance he shows up. <laughs> all right back to his thing if any did who would be the best guest and who would be the worst? Also, how much alcohol should we have for the open bar? Roughly 50 people. Okay, so let's do that. Well, okay. Alex, I think, has opinions on the first part. Honestly, should we get James, the sensical James, out of since, the way first no, and then since, let Alex no, finish it? No, since, you, since you've had the conversation with him, that's... I'm going to defer this question of ask Alex to ask James. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> hang on. Okay. We, we, we can, we can do this one together. So I'm for the, for the, how much drinks for an open bar situation. I mean, you're looking at, you got to plan three to four per person. Cause there's some Are people that only of- have, so some people that only have two, <laughs> some people will have like six. 
So it kind of averages out. But the Tim problem is, see, I yeah, was going to go the other problems. way. I think you need to plan the amount of alcohol for four people per person. So you got 50 people plan for 200. But the, the challenge is, what are they drinking? So you need to have Sorry. like enough of that of each like beer, wine, liquor, because you don't know what people are going to go for. No, well, because I, I feel think... like most weddings have like the signature cocktails and then the alternative is beer or wine, right? Like there's the his and the hers cocktail. Yeah. Your wedding did that, right, James? Yeah. I think we also had other stuff, though, if you wanted it. But we did have signature cocktails. It was funny. It, at James's wedding, um, I had to convince the bartender to give me shots for the bride. She was yeah, like, oh, we're only- not doing shots. And I was like, yeah. no, you are. It's for so, the bride. Yeah. It's for the bride. And then I think Becky got one. I don't know. <laughs> I know <laughs> I'm I sure, did. <laughs> I'm sure she didn't need it, so it doesn't really matter. Um, so, yeah, I mean, plan for a 200-person wedding, uh, and and then your, your open bar should be good. And here's the best part. Anything you don't drink on the night, you just get to take home and eventually drink yourself. So it's like it's is this away. Is this an option? I'm, I'm not being funny i'm it's a serious question could you have a wedding where yes. you had your bar and you had your open bar or whatever but you also were like byob like bring what you want uh there might be rules depending on the venue yeah the venue might not allow that i remember i did go to one wedding where you had they it just like had someone's house yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that well, venue no, would be even, fine. Even at houses, it, it messes with their insurance. I went to a wedding where at, um, at, at a friend of mine's house, and he said for the like event insurance, it was going to be an extra $1,000 if they had anything more than beer and wine, if they had like liquor. So he's like, so we just did beer and wine. I was like, you should have spent that 1000 that would have been that would have been the first thousand I, I would have allocated would have to the budget. That thousand. <laughs> yeah, like had you told me beforehand, I would have yeah. given you my, my card with a check for a thousand dollars in it, saying thanks for the booze and yeah. congrats. I guess. Okay, all right. So that's the that's the technical side. Alex, who's the best IndyCar paddock member to have at a wedding? I I kind of already said my piece on on Twitter. I gotta say it's. I think it's me or joseph yeah i think yeah yeah i think you're right up there as well the, i, I the, think joseph joseph's the next level joseph so like joseph jo- yeah he pips you because he gets the dance floor started correct like he you're not afraid does. to get up there once it's going but he is the first man on the dance floor you're absolutely and right it or, and he's exist. the last one off of it yeah. yes and that man does he sweat he sweats <laughs> a tremendous amount which is why his shirt normally comes off after the third song yeah i you know what i'm yeah i forgot I, alex you kind of are a sleeper hit at weddings though you're you're oh, a yeah. lot of fun at weddings <laughs> alex shows up yeah. in a big way in yeah. a big way sage's wedding was interesting for sage's me. wedding was i literally i literally had to almost take myself away put myself to bed for a little bit and then come back and continue partying yeah, he like <laughs> um, and then came back yeah yeah good times yeah. Um, you guys all you guys all made me do that at marco's which was the right move yeah, no, that's you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I almost I almost stole a Rolls Royce at Marco's wedding. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think Ed did. I'm pretty sure Ed Carpenter stole a Rolls Royce at that wedding. No, a, a very Someone high profile, a very high profile guest threw up in one of those Rolls Royces. <laughs> um, okay, how much of that do we have to cut? <laughs> None of it. No, okay. uh, worst guest. I mean, besides Santino. Um, I've never been to any event with him ever, and I would like to keep that streak alive. <laughs> I don't know. 
Are we talking? The IndyCar paddock's usually pretty full of fun people. Yeah, because like I mean, Dixon's a sleeper. He's awesome at weddings. Yeah. Like he's a as huge long as Emma's there at a night out. Um, Emma's also awesome at weddings. Um, Emma's awesome at anything. Fair. Uh, <laughs> that is fair. Um, Twitter. <laughs> nope. Fully disagree. <laughs> Love her on Twitter. <laughs> um, there's someone. There's someone that we're forgetting. Like, well, okay. Do you think Takuma's fun at weddings? Yeah, I do. Okay. I've definitely seen Marcus enjoy a couple margaritas. He's he'd be a good time at a wedding. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I don't know if we have a lot of Jimmy gets after it. Jimmy gets after it. Jimmy owns McLaughlin a McLaughlin gets after now. it. <laughs> McLaughlin, all right, yeah. All right. So James, you're already married. Alex, no immediate plans in the future, but you know, who knows? But all right, hypothetically, if for both of you, if you had to right now make up uh your your five groomsmen, including best men, only from people in the IndyCar, only from IndyCar drivers, who would they be? Well, I mean, James already got married and he already had two IndyCar drivers in his wedding. That's what I'm saying. If it's uh, if you had to redo it right now and there were only me, Marco, you, Marco, Robbie, Robbie, sorry, yes. Um, so, so that's yeah, I guess still James those three. three. Yeah, I mean, how, how yeah. many do you get? Like, how many? How I'm just trying to think money? of fun things. I was saying five, five total. Okay, then I'd add in, um, oh man. Got add in. Well, does Hunter Ray still count? He still counts. Yeah, I think add in Hunter Ray, and probably Connor. There you go. Making a real party. (laughs) So it's interesting. (laughs) Me, or sorry, not me. So James, Marco, (laughs) Connor, Hunter Ray, Colton's may have been less fun of a hypothetical than I thought it was going to be. I would say Colton. We're too close. We're too closely related for this. (laughs) Let's put it this way. Who would your five uh, party, five person party My five. Watch. Yeah. Me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're not wrong. All right. You know what, guys? Let's do it this way. Why don't you reply on Twitter? Twitter. Yeah. Reply on Twitter. If you could have a wedding party with yourself and is it? So is it five groomsmen? Is that what we said? Yeah. Yeah, Five five groomsmen. groomsmen. And you got to designate who would be the best man. Interesting. Okay. Okay. And, and I want. I, I will. We'll bring out whoever, whoever gets it. We'll talk about it on the on next week's episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some the of the cool combos. But yeah, we want to see who your who your five driver IndyCar driver with best man nominated uh, wedding party would be. And not not gender specific. If you want Janet Guthrie up there, go on. You know. Oh, so this is like all time any IndyCar. Yeah, let's driver? do all time any IndyCar oh. driver. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Does this change things for you guys? Are you throwing on Mario? No. No. I I would definitely have Mario up there. Yeah, Mario's honorable mention. (laughs) Um, And and let's let's take into account the most important job of a best man, planning the bachelor party. Cool. I I I can just tell you, Connor's five would be Thomas Schechter, Thomas Schechter, (laughs) PJ Chesson, PJ Chesson, AJ AJ Foyt. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, all right. I'm excited because I want to see people's reasons here. I want to. I want to see your your four groomsmen and your best man, and I want to hear why. This will be like fun. It. I like it. This I'm is gonna excited. be good. I can't wait to to dive into this next week. Road America is gonna get very little airtime next week, guys, because I think we're gonna have <laughs> a lot to unpack with this little little experiment we're doing. Uh, any last any last words? IndyCar's back on NBC. Um, da, for those da, of you da. that. Uh, watched on usa thank you for those of you that didn't please watch please watch the next time we're on usa 
and tell your friends and, to also yeah. watch. I I, was, I watched on Peacock on my projector in bed, and I was like, why do I go to races? This is so comfortable. <laughs> it's noon on a Sunday, and I was in bed watching. It was great. I slept through most of it, but it was great. That's that's okay. That's why you go to races because <laughs> you miss the races if you're watching them from bed. Oh yeah, because I see so much when I'm there. No, but at least you know something's you, happening. You you. <laughs> Honestly, I Tim, guess. if you don't want to come to another race, I oh, threaten us with a good time. <laughs> oh no! Please don't say oh, that. My God. Oh, you have to come. See All you, right, assholes, guys. Next week, Road America this weekend on NBC. I think we're Sunday at twelve thirty, maybe maybe noon. Twelve thirty on NBC. Dun, be there dun. or don't, but please do. It'd be great. Please, please, please come and watch. Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Thim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to at producer Thim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that, I mean fit. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.